0: Hi, I'm Karen Crossley, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream: The Student Athlete Experience. In this podcast, we introduce you to leaders in college athletics who are shaping the experience of the student athlete on and off the fields of play. We discuss the challenges and innovations affecting athletics in higher education and how we can adapt to give student athletes a strong foundation for their futures. Today we have the opportunity to talk to Debbie Quorum, Director of Athletics at Southern Utah University. As the first female Division I athletic director in the state of Utah, she leads 17 athletic programs, numerous coaches and staff, and more than 350 student-athletes. During Debbie's tenure, SUU Athletics has won eight conference team championships and more than 60 individual conference championships. Debbie has been an athletic director at four NCAA Division I institutions, Stanford University, LSU, UConn, and Southern Utah University. Additionally, she spent 18 years in the SEC Commissioner's Office, culminating with 12 years as the Associate Commissioner for Sports Administration and Championships. Thank you for joining us today, Debbie. Really appreciate having you here. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. So you have a really incredible background and a distinguished career in athletics. Where did you find your passion for athletics and competing? And how are you translating that into leadership?
1: I actually was born into it is what I like to say. My father was a football coach. He would played in the NFL and, and uh, I was his firstborn. And right off the bat, I went to my first football game when I was two weeks old and loved it, uh, apparently, <laughs> loved all the pageantry. But um, the main thing is I think I learned that there were just a lot of opportunities through sport and also a lot of things that you could learn regarding leadership through athletics. And I learned that at a really young age. So I, I don't know life without believing in that and seeing all the leadership opportunities that athletes can transition into. And so that's one of the reasons why I've just done this all my whole life. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> no, not really. It, it chose me. I like to say it chose me. I didn't choose it.
0: That's a really great opportunity to, to feel like you have a calling a real, a real purpose in what it is that you're doing. So as, as you've gone through your leadership experiences and worked with student athletes, compared with the traditional student, student athletes face added pressures as they participate in competitions, practice, and schoolwork. What are some of the issues that student athletes are now encountering that might be different from previous generations and what can we do or should we be doing to better support them?
1: Well, I think what has happened, there's been a lot of things recently that have been in the news that have changed opportunities for student athletes. And one of the things that happens with increased opportunities is always increased pressures, increased stress. It doesn't really matter what it is. The changes in in name and image and likeness, which we've learned to refer to as NIL. And, um, you know, recently in recent years, there's been states that have legalized gambling on sporting event, collegiate sporting events. All of these things that have happened create opportunities for people, but it also um, just creates more demand on the student athletes. So I think one of the things that we have to do is do a really great job of educating how to handle these pressures, how to handle the, the new opportunities. And I think we did a really good job nationwide with doing education when gambling started coming into, into the scene of collegiate athletics. I like to kind of take that lesson from what how we did that and do the same thing and know that we're doing the same thing with NIL and the transfer portal. Athletic administrators just have an additional responsibility now to help student athletes understand all the consequences from these additional opportunities so that they can make better choices. I think it's really interesting that perhaps gambling had a little bit
0: of more structure and legislation surrounding it. And right now it feels in college athletics with the NIL, it's the wild, wild west. All sorts of things are on the table or possibly off the table. What are your thoughts about NIL in general
1: as a benefit to the student athlete? Well, I think NIL is a great benefit to the student athlete. I feel like it created more parity between the student-athlete and a normal student. And the way I like to describe that is a normal student before NIL was passed could become a, a scholarship student, could get a scholarship to go to school for music, but they also had the opportunity to use that talent to make money on the side. They could give private violin lessons they could possibly do some concerts uh, outside of their scholarship requirements and take advantage of that talent. And before legislation was passed, giving that opportunity to student athletes, they couldn't do that. So I just think NIL is uh, on the surface is just a really awesome thing because it did create equity between a student athlete and a student. However, with that, we've kind of taken that now and it's bloomed. It's it's like it's on steroids. And so I think it's gone in directions that no one really anticipated. And so it's our responsibility now to look at the way those things have gone and try to help navigate. Uh, I know, you know, we have to be really careful about our involvement, but I think that we can navigate education and helping the student-athletes handle the additional stress that this is going to put on them, the additional demands on time management that doing NIL could put on them. We just have to continue to help the student athlete manage the issues that they are dealing with. But I think overall, it's just a really positive thing that's happened for the student athletes.
0: That's a wonderful experience or wonderful opportunity for the student athletes to be able to use those talents. It's not just name, image, and likeness, but mm-hmm. also to to take advantage of those talents because they have worked hard for them. One of the things that you briefly touched on was some of the legislation And throughout your storied career, you've advocated for equal opportunities for women in sports and have witnessed incredible change, especially with Title IX. What has that meant to you in your leadership? And what do you hope to see in the future for female
1: student athletes? So Title IX obviously changed my life, as it did many women. For me personally, Title IX was passed the summer after I graduated from high school. So I I was very fortunate to be in a state... And in a community that had really strong high school programs for girls. So I was able to compete. But then I went to college. And um, because when Title IX was passed as law in June of 1972, colleges were given several years to implement uh, Title IX in the schools. During my entire college career, the institution where I went, they did not have a team. I ended up working immediately within my college to go through all the necessary steps we were going to have to go through to have women's sports added. In my senior year, we had the hearing with the board of trustees and the board of trustees voted to add women's sports the year after I graduated. So I had opportunities in high school and then lost them all during my college life. And so I tell my student athletes today, my women today, I'm playing through you, you know, I'm, I'm having the opportunity to have that college experience every time I watch you play. But Title IX, you know, I, I often tell people that Title IX is often misunderstood as an athletic only um, legislation. Um, but it was really an educational, it was an equal op- opportunity for education. And so what happened It really changed the world for women because what happened prior to Title IX, we as women could go to college and get education, but it was mainly in nursing, teaching. It was very difficult for women to go into sciences, um, engineering, professional careers that were considered at the time traditionally male. Title IX bill was introduced because Patsy Mink, Mink in Hawaii, and then Birch Birchby in Indiana. Birch Birchby's wife was well qualified to go to medical school, but was refused entrance because, and it said on her um, rejection letter, because she was female. And so those were the kinds of things that were happening to women prior to Title IX. So for instance, at my institution where I went, my college roommate wanted to be uh, in computer science. It was really easy for the school to put her in the computer science department because all they had to do is just add a chair, right? <laughs> to her. But for me as an athlete, it was very difficult for them to accommodate my interest because they couldn't really put me on the men's basketball team. You know, so what happened was it was really easy in the world of a- education to open opportunities in the classroom for women, but it was more difficult to open opportunities for athletics. So we were still trying to figure that out. I feel that for the future, the last part of your question for the future for women, the first step was really for us being able to play and participate. And then the second step was let us coach and let us lead. And the third step, the third step really is where I think we're transitioning into now, Pay us the same, give us equal pay, and there's a lot in the news right now about equal pay for women. And then I think I think really the fourth step is treat us all the same in, in every aspect. You don't want to say don't see my gender, but just see me as being totally equal with what you see the men um, in this world. I often like liken this to um, running a 440 relay because a 440 relay I think might be one of the most difficult events in sport and each leg is so takes so much out of you you know uh, to give and so I always say this is we're passing the baton and I feel like we're in that third leg right now and I think the future very quickly will move to that fourth leg of the relay where we are able to finish the race and see that we're all equal
0: that's really fantastic. I love that story and, and also the analogy that it is a, a long slog, uh, but we are making progress and we're having good experiences. It's incredible that you yourself were able to influence the school that you were at and help push through those changes. So those who are coming behind you were able to take advantage of them. Speaking of making a lot of changes at universities where you have impact, uh, SUU recently announced that they will be joining the Western Athletic. Uh, conference as of July first, twenty twenty two. What drove this change for you, and what was the decision process like? What does SUU also hope to achieve by being part of the WAC?
1: Actually, it wasn't my decision. It is a presidential decision, and and that's true everywhere. You know, when when you're looking at a conference affiliation, that decision should be made by the president's office uh, and not the athletic director's uh, office. So my role in the decision was really just to provide information to our president and to to try to give him the best knowledge that I could as far as athletics. But our president felt very strongly and I agreed with him that our department is a department of the university. And so he was looking at what is the best thing for the academic institution? Which which is the best conference academically for the institution? And one of the things that he really appreciated about the WAC was we identified with more of the members of the WAC institutions with where we were academically, with what our academic mission was for our institution. And so that was his number one goal of looking at and, and even though you, you sit there and you go you know people could say well why would it matter academically well some of the decisions that you make in an athletic world really go back to what is the mission of the university. And so he felt aligning that with more like schools would be a really good move for us. The other things that that he looked at was just growth of universities and the state of Texas the states of Utah are two of the really fast growing states right now and so he felt aligning ourselves with states that are in that are in Texas would be profitable for the university we have been a really high growth enrollment with our university in recent years and going into the state of Texas is someplace where he had not, we haven't been really pulling a lot of students from that area. So we're not talking about student athletes, but we're just talking about exposing the institution to a new fast growing state. And that was very, you know, interesting for him as well. From my aspect as an athletic director, I'm always about what's the student athlete welfare situation going on. And one of the things that I really, that intrigued me about the WAC was at the time they were talking about playing divisions and by playing in divisions, it decreased travel for our student athletes. And to me, the wear and tear throughout a season on a student athlete with trying to keep up academically, trying to keep kind of a life going, you know, within the university, the more we can keep them up at the university, the better it is for me. So taking some of those days of travel out to me was just was a really compelling issue for joining the WAC. So we're um, we're excited about the opportunities there. We think the other thing that's really good about it for us is that we're now aligned with two institutions within our state. They're state institutions. And one of them, our rival, is only 45 minutes down the road. So the in-state rivalry that we created by joining the WAC is something that we think our fans... And student-athletes will really get a lot of excitement from in the future.
0: It's all about creating those really uh, exciting and positive experiences, not only for the student-athlete, but also for the students and prospective students and introducing to new communities. So that's great. That competition with Utah Tech should be pretty fun. So also, congratulations on your recently announced retirement, effective at the end of June. What has it meant for you personally to be at Southern Utah University, and what have you been most proud of during your tenure there? Personally,
1: for me, this was a really great place to culminate my career and to be able to be the athletic director. I had a wonderful career where I learned from a lot of people, and to be able to take that experience that I had and bring it to this institution um, that accepted me, accepted my ideas, and be able to lead my own department at the end of my career was really personally very fulfilling for me. I'm really proud of the things that we've accomplished. Obviously, there's a a larger to-do list than there was a completed list. It's always difficult to know when to leave because you keep wanting to get that next task done. But um, I felt this was really great timing, and I I feel that we put the university in a good spot, continue on, and, and be successful in athletics. The accomplishment that I'm most proud of is that we, our graduation rate with our student athletes really increased while I was here. We made a a strong commitment to academics and our coaches bought into that. It's because of our coaches that we've been able to be successful academically. And we recognize our 3.0 student athletes and above each semester and those numbers just kind of keep growing and growing and growing we we have about two-thirds of our student athletes now that are getting recognized for that which is just amazing we've we've increased our graduation rate by about 33 since i've been here i always say this my my favorite day of the year is the day that i watch the student athletes walk across the podium and receive their degree to me, it's just that's just much more fulfilling than watching the championships, and that's fun. Don't get me wrong. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun, and seeing, seeing the growth of the student-athletes, I, you know, I always say we bring them in as children, and they leave us as adults. Watching that transition is one of the true joys of my life. Watching them get their diploma and knowing that they succeeded in, in getting that education is, uh, is the most fulfilling thing for me.
0: That's really phenomenal that these emerging adults are first and foremost students and, and then athletes and it's wonderful to be able to celebrate the great success that SU is, is having an increase of 33% graduation rate is really incredible. With the experiences that you've had and with mentors that have kind of led you along the way, what advice would you give to young people contemplating their futures in athletics, whether that be as student athletes or young administrators looking to move up? What would you give to to people?
1: The first thing I always tell everybody is, if you can do another career, do it. (laughs) It (laughs) sounds so crazy because I love my career so much. But um, this is a decision for a life change. This is, this is not just a job you go to from eight to five or whenever and go back home. This is a lifestyle. And if you're going to do it well, then it has to be something more than just a job. That's my number one thing is, is you have to have passion because this is an extremely demanding job, not only time, but from your personal investment you have to have that passion. That's the number one thing. Um, number two, I feel it's very important is to be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up when you're learning any new... It doesn't matter whether I'm talking right now to people that are wanting to get in athletics or any career, but as you're learning a new career, you're always going to make some mistakes. So be kind to yourself and be patient with yourself as you learn, as you learn and grow in your career. And then the third thing I think that is really important is to choose really good mentors. I have seen people in our world that have chosen mentors that guided them maybe in the wrong direction. And those mentors themselves were not successful. And then they mentored their mentees to do the same kind of things and their mentees make the same mistakes. So I was very, very fortunate in my career that I had... Fabulous mentors who are still mentoring me today. And I think that that's really important um, to be very careful uh, in choosing that mentor. So, those are the three things I would throw out there. And I really think that those things probably transition to other careers as well.
0: I think that's great advice for, for anyone, uh, especially be kind to yourself and, and choose people to help guide you wisely, especially as we talk a lot about mental health in student athletes and in uh, sports in general. I think those are all really important. So this podcast is called Rebuilding the American Dream, the student athlete experience. What does the American dream mean to you?
1: Well, the American dream to me means that you have an option, an opportunity to do anything that you want to do. And I think we're very fortunate. I know our, our country is not perfect. And right now there seems to be a lot of turmoil. But we live in a country where we really do have a lot of opportunity. So the, the American dream to me is it doesn't matter what your gender, race, ethnicity, religion, sexual preference, sexual orientation, anything that you are, you can be what you want to be and what you strive to be. And um, the opportunities are there. So the American dream to me is being able to say This is what I want to do, and I have an opportunity to pursue it. That's
0: fantastic. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed chatting with you, and best of luck to you in your new chapter.
1: Thank you, Karen. Appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to me, Karen Crossley of Degree Insurance, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream, the student-athlete experience. Find out more on our website, americandream.fm, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Degree Insurance.